Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Today's show will feature interviews with Steelers Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, four-time Olympic gold medalist and WNBA star Lisa Leslie, and Dallas Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, here's Roman Gabriel III. All right, I'm with one of my favorites here. This guy was one of the great uh, football players in NFL history, Pittsburgh Steelers. We all know him as Rod Woodson. And, of course, career in broadcasting, coaching, uh, he's uh, tried his hand at everything and been successful all the way. Great to see you, Rod. It's good to be here. Appreciate you. I know. I haven't seen you in a long time. How you been? I've been doing good. You know what? You can complain, but it does no good. So so you've been coaching for four years. You're going to take some time off. Is that right? Been coaching for four years with the Raiders. Enjoyed it. Thought it was going to be a little bit different coaching in the National Football League. But little surprises, which yeah. it happens. Life is life. Um, more than likely, I'll get back into TV and radio, which yeah. I did before. I did it seven years when I first retired up to the point I started to coach. What was the part about coaching that surprised you? I, I think it's just like, you know, when coaches get hired and players or guys are there, is it the best? Do you do, do, you do all your interviews or do you just hire your buddies? Right. You know, and to fight that on a consistent basis year after year, and it's because it's a year-in, year-out basis. Yeah. You know, if you don't win enough games, you're fired right. in the National Football League after one year. So, you know, to to look at over your shoulder after each year, and, you know, two a year ago, we were 12-4 and four right. with the Raiders. And then last year, we, we ended up 10-6, and six, and everybody's trying to figure out what happened. Well, a lot of things happened. We didn't play really good football. Right. Um, there were the, other teams that, that want to win too, right? Absolutely. It's your whole life's ahead of you. I mean, are you still challenged by new things because you're trying new challenges? You've tried this. Is there some things you want to do besides the, 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 the you know, going back to television that you thought about? I, you know, I never thought I would get into television. And then I got into television. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed it. And the only reason, really, and I had a, you know, I always had a, I always had a, like a idea in the back of my head: Would I like coaching? Would I not like coaching? Right. Then I coached my boys in football. Then I coached my girls in basketball, and I'm like, oh, I kind of like this stuff. And so I, I wanted to try my hand at it. And then when Al opened that door for me, I tried my hand at it. Right. So I'm at ease with that in that end of it. Um, but the one thing I, at least I try to come across as being a person that was passionate about what he was saying. Right. And I enjoyed that. And it's a lot easier. And you were yourself. And, that's and I was myself. And I, when, I, when I make predictions, they didn't have to come true. Right. Because if they didn't come true, I don't get fired. Or in NFL, sure. as a coach, if your predictions you don't come true, you get yeah. fired. So, you know, I, I think uh, for me, I'm not trying to do anything else. I think once I retire, I got a list of things I want right. to do. But, you know, right, so the one on thing that, that was told to me. Well, well, first of all, one of the things that was told to me when I was really young from uh, – Dan Rooney is that be very careful retirement. Uh-huh. Be careful about re- wanting to retire because it seems like once you like just quit doing everything, the body goes a lot faster. Right. 
So I want to keep doing things that make me happy. As long as people want me to do it for them, I'm going to try to do it. But then to get to the list that I want to do once I do retire, yeah. the first thing we're going to do with me and my wife, we're traveling the world. There you we're go. We're going around the globe. Yeah. We're going to really see if the thing is round cool. or not. Because I still think it's flat. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's my first, that's uh-huh. my overall goal right there. How old are your kids now? Oh, my kids are older, man. They I, We have five. Uh-huh. So it's 27, 25, 22, 20, and 18. Okay, so what's up? one last one to the empty nest, right? Yeah, we got our last one. She's a senior in high school. And then we have a, our boy. He's in junior college. He went to northern Arizona to play football, came back, all that stuff, and didn't like it. Now he's at uh, San Francisco City College. Uh, once my daughter graduates in May, once he's done with his AA in December, and we're completely done. Now, do you have a grandson or granddaughter yet? We have two grandkids for my oh, oldest daughter. That's, so fun, that's fun, right? That is fun. Well, sometimes. Yeah. It depends on which one. Back, it right? depends on which one. I mean, the seven-year-old, he's reasonable. The three-year-old, like, he's a three-year-old. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what he is. He's a three-year-old boy. I, I got six from one to seven. Uh, four girls and two boys. Oh, yeah. And uh, my wife, it's like. We're in the car all the time because she's not going to be away from those grandkids. So it's like we had a triangle, man, from Boone, North Carolina to the Outer Banks to Kentucky. <laughs> so she's like, we're going to see one of them. I mean, we got to go. So that's been, you know, a majority of my life now is spending time with those grandkids. And it's fun. Is it fun to watch your kids raise kids? It, it well, it's fun and it's frustrating because sometimes we go, man, where did she miss the boat on this one? <laughs> Because I know we told her not to do that, or we told her to do it in a different way. But, you know, it's it's just like we did when we grew up. Right. You know, young parents, growing up, raising kids, trying to figure it all out, going through the process of parenthood. She's doing the same thing right now. When you look back, because uh, I have a lot of these young guys coming through here today, and it's really interesting to, to look at the personalities of those guys that are one or two years in, the guys that are six years in. And then those guys fortunate enough like you that were 10-plus years. Right. Um, where has Rod Woodson changed personality-wise from 1 to 6 to the end of your career? What, what, what was, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, you know what? I The confidence builder was probably like year 3, 4-ish for me. And really it was only after Rod Rust, who was our defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh at the time, Cussed me out after a walkthrough. Really chastised me about being a better player, being a better person, learning the game, respecting the game, becoming the better you that you can be. And he challenged me to meet with him in the offseason. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. I'm not married. I got no time. I had no kids at the time. And I started meeting with him about what offenses are trying to do to defensive uh, players and disguise what they're doing. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks into it, the green light clicked on. And I'm like, oh, you have to be kidding me. So, like, the year four, my confidence you became of who a I was, of the game. I became a student of the game, but I really started understanding who I, what type of player I could become by studying, by truly studying, not by watching film and cutting it on and eating right. popcorn, by truly studying. So, And he was that person, he was that coach to – so for you, the mentor or that changing point came from a coach? Came from a coach. Came from Rod Russ. And then from there, two years into it, they left. And then I got Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, and Dick right. and uh, Bill Cower. Wow. So I got another group, a good group wow. of solid coaches. 
So it's been great for me to see those type of guys and be around those type of guys. When did when uh, I talked to somebody today who told me at year thirteen that he said his he shifted his focus to feeling like he owed it to younger players to be a mentor to them. Did you ever get to a point in your career where that became something you thought about? Yeah, you know when I when I went to Baltimore, and it was year. 13 for me when I first got there. So I got there in 1998. Uh, and you normally, you know, a locker room is set up where every position, positional, uh, every position is set together in the locker room. Well, all the DBs were down on the far end and they had me wrapped around the corner with the linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I was set right next to Ray Lewis oh, man. and Peter Bowyer. But Ray was a baby. You know, Ray was in his third year of playing and Peter was a rookie. Right. Um, so I knew at that point they wanted me to instill encouragement and draw some light in the ray as being a young player. And I think that's where it kind of clicked for me that it was given to me when I first got to Pittsburgh that Donnie Shea was my roommate. Oh, man. You know, Mike Webster was still there, yeah. still playing. Yeah. Uh, Stallworth was still playing when I got there in Pittsburgh. So those guys gave me a great deal of encouragement and guidance to being a pro. And at Tony Dungy, on top of all that, was my positional coach and my coordinator, and Chuck Noll was the head coach. Oh. And what's amazing is, is Tony, when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, was in, was was put in by Donnie Shell, who he said was that guy for him, who right. changed his whole life in terms of not just being a player, but how to how to be a professional and, and a man. And uh, and w- and the one thing that I got from Donnie is that the night before the game, we were staying in lock or we stay in our hotel room. And Donnie would just talk to me about being a pro on the field and off the field. At all times, you have to be a pro. So your post-career, uh, just done coaching, in broadcasting, how, how have those experiences formed you as a husband and a father uh, and a friend and a, and a person now in your life? Well, as a, as a husband and a father, it made me, I don't know if, I don't know if broadcasting made me a better father, but I think being more aware of my surroundings, being more aware of my wife's needs, being more aware of my kids' needs than my own. You know, a lot of times when you're an athlete, you're selfish because it's all about you. It's about my bedtime. It's about when I have to go to bed, about when I have to get up, about when I have to work out, about what I have to eat. It's all about me. And then once you get out of it, and I spent 17 years entrenched in that, and once I got out of it, and it took me several years afterwards to realize that, Transition. you know what, just because my wife, just because I don't like this, my wife might like this. Yeah. And the first time I did something that was just different that my wife, I thought that she it. would like, she absolutely enjoyed it. Wow. And noticed it. And then I said, oh, yeah. And, you know, and it wasn't one person per se, but I think it was just the process I've been through in my life of going through of I know how selfish I wisdom. could have been. It, it, is, it is wisdom, applied wisdom. Yeah, uh, Wisdom is no good as not being used. Right. But that applied wisdom, understanding what I've been through and how I've come through that with different individuals and seeing their lives and hearing them speak to their wives who they've been married. You know, when they, at that one point, at when I was a young in my marriage right. to, to somebody that was 25 years into their marriage. And now I'm 27 years into our marriage. And, you know, I'm thinking about my wife more than I think about myself. That's awesome. Rod Woodson, Super Bowl champion. And, uh, Rod, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I enjoyed you, it. you've been doing a lot of things. And uh, good luck with uh, getting back in TV because I know you enjoyed that. And 
Great to hear your grandfather as well. <laughs> That's fun. It. You take care of your grandkids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rod Woodson, former Super Bowl champion with us on Sold Out. Thanks for You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with four-time Olympic gold medalist Lisa Leslie and Dallas Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush. Visit SoldOutTV.com for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. WNBA Olympics uh, has so many great things going on in her life and a family person, just the kind of person we love on American Family Radio. Yes, I'm here on behalf of American Federation for Children, and what we're doing is it's School Choice Week, it's National School Choice Week, and we really want to bring awareness to a lot of parents to understand that uh, kids should have a choice in their schools. The government doesn't choose, you know, what church we go to and what grocery stores we go to or church, so why should they choose what school we go to? And right now, most states are set up under a system where children attend schools in their zip codes, but some of those schools may not be the best schools in their area. Maybe they they're underserved or they're underperforming. Obviously, we would love to fix our schools, but I, I can't do everything. So right now, I'm just trying to get the right. parents to step up and do their part and really seek out school choice. Uh, but the number one place I like to start is with the parents because parenting is everything. And now that I'm a mom, I really became even more passionate about this uh, this topic in terms of school choice because. Once I did the research for schools in our area, they were all underperforming. And I've been really blessed enough to, you know, for my husband and I to pick up and we moved. We moved to the best school district for mm -hmm. our children. But I thought about what about all those children that we left behind whose parents can't necessarily afford to do that? A um, lot of doubt in our country today. And it's really manifests itself in our young people. A lot of young people I see scared for the first time. You and I grew up, that was never a problem. I don't think I was ever scared about anything. But kids tell you today uh, that that's a real problem. Uh, what do you tell young people today who say, you know what, my background, my color, my economics, a mistake I've made disqualifies me for having success and reaching my dreams? I always tell kids especially, you know, 10% of everything we go into life is it's the problem. Like you said, all those circumstances, whether you come from a single parent household or if you, you know, don't have as much money as, as the next person, that part of it is just 10%. The other 90% is how you process it mentally. And this is where mental toughness is very important, just like we do in sports. You have to get after it. Life is not easy. It's a hustle. And if whatever you want to be, you can be, but there's no secret to success there's no easy one two three steps other than hard work i this is the one thing that i did i think that really separated me from a lot of other people from my community and it was writing down goals i wrote down my short-term goals which were goals i wanted to achieve within one year and then I would write down my long-term goals, which were goals I, I wanted to achieve within five years. And by seeing these goals every day on my mirror or my refrigerator, it constantly reminded me to sacrifice having fun and hanging out, playing video games, to do the things that I needed to do, whether it was studying my homework or, you know, simply going to the gym to work out to get better. That's awesome. I tell you, that's some great advice. Knowing that nobody's perfect, trusting some people they can trust to say this is an example, because both of us grew up, you know, you had coaches, you had youth yeah. pastors, you had other parents, you had people in your life that modeled what you're talking about. But today, a lot of these kids, 
don't understand these principles because they're not hearing them. Well, I think it's really important for kids to seek out mentors. I am a big advocate to find a mentor, someone who's positive in your community. If it's not a parent, if it's not an aunt or an uncle, maybe you can find, you know, a teacher who that you admire or look up to or someone ministering in the church or you just never know. But there is somebody that has a shining light in your community. They may not be financially, you know, rich or any of that, but they may be rich in spirit and rich in wisdom and information. And I think that was the key for me. I always loved talking to adults and just finding out information because you have to be a seeker and really willing to learn. I think really to, to, to learn and pull from a lot of people to really create who you want to be. In. And that was one of the things that I did as a kid. Lisa, faith, family, and sports. It seems to me that athletes like yourself who follow that seem to have a foundation and they seem to have their life in order. Why is that? Uh, well, like you said, having faith, I was always a prayerful kid, always writing out my goals and, you know, putting it in the Lord's name. And I think that was really one of the things that helped me. No matter what, I always wanted to fulfill his purpose and sort of follow that path of, you know, there's times where you fall short, but you get back up and you try again. And I think that's really been the saving grace for me. And then beyond that, having faith. I, I mean, when you talk about faith, you just got to step out on it. Why Why not? There, there's, I mean, I, I always say at the end of the day, if we were all wrong about having faith in the Lord, then we were wrong. But guess what? If there's a possibility that everything that we believe is true, then it was great to have faith and step out on it and be a believer. So, Lisa, Lisa I, Leslie, I love it. <laughs> WNBA, Olympics, American Federation of Children, Education Choice Now. Okay, so where do they go to get information? Yes, they can log on to federationforchildren.org to find out more information. Okay, federationforchildren.org. Final question before I let you go. Here's, here's something I've always thought about. You really had to overcome some different things, adversity in your basketball career to get to where you wanted to go. Why is being able to handle adversity so important to young people today? I think sports is really a great correlation with life. The same adversity that you handle playing in sports, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's not fun, sometimes it's difficult, sometimes you lose, sometimes there's a blood, sweat, and tears that's involved. But it's just like life. When you deal with adversity, you're more likely uh, to overcome it in life because you've already experienced it and had enough practice with it in sports. And I just think overall it just makes you a stronger person. What do they say? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. Lisa, thank you very much for coming to American Family Radio. Uh, last year, Cooper Rush, Dallas Cowboy, he came in here and he was uh, Lee Steinberg class of 2017 looking to go to the NFL. And uh, at the time, you said, man, just give me an opportunity, whoever it is. And you made the best of that opportunity making the Cowboys. Uh, what a great story, Cooper. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, it's been fun, like you said. Just uh, got to keep it going. Tell me about uh, your experience this year. Uh, exactly. It was a you know great time, great experience overall. You're playing for that organization. Uh, it's pretty pretty cool, pretty special. And uh, you know coming in as an undrafted free agent, you know I had to had to fight my way on that team and was able to do, and that felt real great. Okay, so when you look back, what was the moment where it clicked for you and you said, you know what, I got this. Yeah, there was a a practice like middle camp. About a week before the first preseason game, I remember they put the put the threes out there, the young guys, and said, just put the ball down and said, go play. And we had like a 12-play drive, made some third down throws, and, you know, finally got to just like not, you know, just not two reps here, two reps here, we yeah. just go play. 
And, you know, that's when I was like, okay, then it all came together kind of. And all those practice and all the mental reps kind of clicked there, and I said I can do this. And that's what most people don't realize about the NFL different from college is, is the starter gets all the reps. Yeah, exactly. And the problem is, is as a quarterback, you got to have rhythm, and when you get one, one, two, mm-hmm. two. But two-minute drill? No, it was just, just, just regular. Just put it down 25 and said, go play. We ran like a 12-play drive. And, 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 and after that was over, you just felt in your it zone. It felt real comfortable. Just, it all kind of meshed together. Everything you were mentally studying, working on, finally just kind of came together. Okay, so tell me about the first preseason game that you got in there. Tell me about tell me about the heart pounding and uh, what it was like uh, when you had that first completion and you said, you know what, let's do this. Yeah, uh, you know, first throw, I was definitely a little ramped up. I uh, my drop was a little faster than it should have been, all that stuff. But uh, it felt cool, you know. You're playing in the National Football League, and then I uh, believe the first completion. That's a good question. I don't actually don't even remember the first completion. <laughs> it might have been an out route to the left. Yeah, I think so. But uh, that, I remember that first touchdown. You know, we we uh, got down there. It was fourth down. We were able to make a play and score a touchdown. That was awesome. You know, sometimes sometimes in life. Uh, things fall into place and the thing about being in the right place at the right time is is making use of your opportunity and mm-hmm. you only get a few position yeah. right when you get there so you made use of it uh, made the team so tell me about where you're at right now coming into next season yeah really excited you know kind of just keep that momentum i had of just constantly learning throughout the whole season uh you know i was able to get that number two job and you know my job is to you know keep that compete 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 and uh you know be the best i can be i think I'm really excited to have a whole offseason in the offense and not trying to catch up, but now you're already there, and now you get to have a full offseason with it. Uh, really excited where it'll take me. Cooper Rush, quarterback, Dallas Cowboys. I love saying that, buddy. Quarterback, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I like that a lot. they got a great tradition, man, the Cowboys. They certainly mm-hmm. do. Tell me about the other quarterbacks on the team, how you get along, what the relationship is. Yeah, it's real good with Dak, awesome guy, real easy to work with. Uh, I think he, he respects me and understands that I know the game, and, so I think that helped him being able to come to me for questions if I if he needed, and I can ask him anytime for questions. And uh, Kellen Moore in that room was awesome. He's now yeah. our, he's now our QB coach, and uh, we're extremely excited for that. He uh, really knows the game, been around, real experienced, and just awesome guy. So we're really pumped about that. Kellen's Kellen's a class act. Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. To surround yourself with those kind of people helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're real excited about it. So tell me about uh, off the field. Now that the season's over, how have you got to know the Dallas area? Have you gotten plugged into maybe something you've got a passion or something you're thinking about doing, uh, you know, in the community or, 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 or opportunities that have come your way? Uh, yeah, I know. Back home in Michigan, actually, uh, you know, starting up in our local area, trying to start a Play 60 yeah. there, get registered or something for that. Yeah. So uh, doing something in February for that, middle of February, I'll be up there in Charlotte, uh, Michigan, doing some Play 60 stuff, talking about to the high school and middle school about nutrition all that good for you uh so got that kind of going on right now and uh yeah just been enjoying the off season you know some time off because you think haven't really had that since you know the summer of before senior college you know so it's uh try to enjoy that too cooper rush is with us dallas cowboys quarterback and uh one of the things that i wanted to ask you what's the one thing that surprised you the most about that you that you were surprised by in the NFL during the season? Uh, I'd say you know how how evenly matched every team really is. I mean, it comes down to a few plays every game. Everyone's got players. Everyone's got coaches. It's really just who makes that play, who executes that play on that given Sunday. 
that's really the difference in those games. It's just such a small margin of error yeah. uh, between winning and losing. It's really, it's really shown in the NFL. How have you handled the, the press situation? Because Dallas is pretty crazy about the Cowboys. The press is all over it, everything you guys do. So how, how has that been in terms of just getting acclimated to the Dallas press and the daily grind yeah, of that? The, yeah, the media media is always around. You know, They warned you about it going to Dallas, and it's true. They're there all the time, but you're pretty used to it. They do a great job. Uh, you know, they're good in the locker room and things like that, so uh, I'm pretty used to it. How's your family uh, been responding to this this opportunity this year, just going through the process with you? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for them. You know, they were able to come down in a few games in AT&T Stadium, which is an awesome place yeah. to watch a football game. And uh, So it's always fun to see. It's fun for me to see them have fun with it. You know, yeah. that's kind of the, the benefit of doing all this. Well, when everybody that you love is enjoying something, it makes it a lot more meaningful and fun, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a cool side of it, you know, that not a lot of people think about, but it's awesome. Final question for you. Uh, this coming year, uh, the great thing about playing quarterback in the NFL is is that it could be one play and you're in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the thing you're going to be working on most in the offseason this year as you prepare to compete this coming year? Yeah, so learn the offense. Uh, you know, now I want to, now that you really know it, now it's just all reaction. You just get out there and react. And, uh, you know, physically I want to just keep improving, improving my footwork and twitch and quickness. And, uh, you know, looking forward to have a whole offseason for it. Well, we're really proud of what you've accomplished so far. We're looking forward to this year. And, uh like I said, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you got your opportunity, but uh, I know you'll be ready like you were this time. So congratulations, yeah, Cooper. You. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. Enjoyed having you on Sold Out. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk your source for faith, family, and sports.